Blog Talk Radio. Gonna tell you a little bedtime tale, legend it will become. Burgers flying out the door, sail on. Two for one, no concern for the future. Living for today. Fast food bite on your way, lay it all to waste. The masses are afflicted now. Moo, mad cow, mad cow, mad cow, mad cow, line dance song. Hey, Sign Guy Nation, welcome to the show on another Friday afternoon. Sign Guy with you. We will be joined by the coming off assignment coach, Mike Jones, later today. Our guest will be joining us in a little while as well, but for some show notes if you are looking for some professional wrestling today tonight WCWO as usual at the Outlaw Arena in Indianapolis, Indiana 1151 South Kentucky Avenue FGW in Hamilton, Ohio WrestlePro tonight in Palmer, Alaska UCW in Cornelia, Georgia tomorrow night where you can find myself as well as the coach with the most coming at us from coast to coast. He doesn't mean to brag, but he has to boast because his favorite all-time Whoopi Goldberg movie is Ghost. Coach Mike Jones, PWF returning. It is at the Bethel High School in Spanaway, Washington. It is multi-promotional. There will be wrestlers from several different Northwest promotions, including Combat Pro Wrestling, so you will see some of the stars from some of the different groups in the Northwest. Don't forget, I will be fighting that idiot Darth Carter tomorrow. So you don't want to miss that if you're anywhere near Spanaway, Washington. Also tomorrow, SCW in Prescott Valley, Arizona. DOA in Portland, Oregon. MS. WA making its return to Rockwood, Tennessee, that featuring the cowboy James Storm. You have All Star Wrestling in Madison, West Virginia. DCCW featuring Mick Foley making an appearance that in Portland, Indiana. ESW in Jeffersonville, Indiana at the arena. Bluegrass WrestleCon in Ashland, Kentucky tomorrow. WrestlePro returning to Anchorage, Alaska. And then Supreme Wrestling happening in Madison, Indiana. So there is a lot out there. Lots of professional wrestling this week. So if you're near a show, go out and support. You also have that big convention, the Bluegrass Russell Convention that happening in Ashland, Kentucky. But I believe our guest has joined us. I want to bring him on right away. Do we have Aaron Greider with us? I am here. Well, Aaron, I want to thank you so much for taking time to be with us today. I know you're coming off holiday, so I appreciate you taking the time. And welcome to the program. Well, thanks. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I got uh, I got in town a couple a couple hours ago and uh, just been unwinding a little bit. 
And, uh, yeah, th- thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Our pleasure. Now, the standard traditional first-timer question is one I will give to you since it is your first time with us. What led to you getting into the business of professional wrestling? Um, well, I um, I got into the business, you know, fairly late. Uh, I started uh, just about four years ago, and uh, I basically had went on, uh, conveniently enough, I went on a vacation uh, roughly about this time, and a friend of mine was already in the business. He lives out in Seattle, and uh, we went to college together, and my fa- my father had passed away earlier that year, and I went out to see my friend Randy, and I went to a show that he was on, and he after the show we were talking, and he kind of looks over at me. And he's like, "Hey, I don't understand. Why aren't why aren't you in wrestling? Why aren't you involved in the business?" And my first reaction was, "Well, you've met me, Randy. I'm probably the most unathletic human on planet Earth." Me being a wrestler probably isn't going to work. And he looks over at me and he was like, well, you could ref. And then immediately the wheels started turning. Um, I got home a few days later after that, and I started kind of searching for schools in my area. Ended up getting uh, hooked up with uh, Bone Crushers in Cincinnati, Ohio, which is run by Roger Ruffin. And that is basically where the rest is history. I messaged Roger and was like, Hey, uh, I want to come be a, you know, train to be a referee. And I went and watched the training. And then after that, the rest is history. And four years later, here I am. Uh, we all know that you do referee and you do a very good job at it from everything I've ever seen. But you also wear several different hats when it comes to the professional wrestling industry. You're all over the production end of certain promotions. What led to your interest in learning the different behind the scenes aspects of professional wrestling? Well, it, it's funny because a lot of guys, you know, they that get in the business, they, they all they've ever wanted to be was a wrestler. You know, they they wanted to be in the physical aspect of the business. Me, I've always been more of the uh, looking at the behind the scenes uh, side of the business, why things are happening the way they are, what the what the line of thinking is behind certain things the storytelling aspects, things of that nature. And it kind of just happened by accident. Um, I've always been interested in that side, but I didn't know exactly how to get to, you know, the production side of things. But as fate would have it, two years ago, right after COVID, um, at the collective in Indianapolis, I was refing a show there for Effie's Big Gay Brunch, and I broke my hand. And I was out of commission for basically four months. I couldn't, I couldn't ref. And I had just started with OVW at the time. I had literally only been there maybe 
a month max. And the first show after I broke my hand, after I had the surgery, I um, I rang the bell. I was the bellkeeper at ringside. Then after that, one of the production guys comes up to me. He's like, hey, maybe next week we can kind of show you behind the scenes. You know, we maybe have, have you time out the shows. And my eyes lit up because I was like, oh, my gosh, that, that's, that's perfect. And I've been timing the shows ever since. I will uh, I will ref occasionally at OVW, but and I've even been involved in a storyline or two at OVW. But most of the time, my time at OVW is spent off camera. I am usually sit, sitting in the gorilla position or the go position, whatever you'd like to call it. I usually have a head, have a headset on talking to our upstairs production team, our director, and basically I time out the show and I count out into commercial breaks. I count out of commercial breaks. I make sure we come on the air on time, go off the air on time. And I I tell people jokingly that I sweat more during doing production than I do when I ref because it is one of the most stressful but fun jobs that I've ever had. I love it. It's great, but it will it will drive you crazy, and probably is one of the reasons why I have a few more gray hairs than I did before I started. For sure. Now, a lot of fans know OVW has been around for well over twenty years at this point, and they have right. run weekly television for the biggest part of that time. And over the years, OVW has been sort of a feeder promotion for both WWE and for Impact. Uh, they've done work Correct. with Ring of Honor. So a lot of people have come out of OVW that have gone on to national acclaim. And there's still, to this very day, a lot of fantastic talent that either has been or most certainly will be going to national TV at some point. When you look at the history of the company, does it ever awe you that you're more or less helping to put that presentation out there and making the show run smoothly, knowing all the history and knowing all the talent that has gotten their break in that company? Yeah, I pretty much have to pinch myself almost on a weekly basis. Um, crazy. Like you said, there is so much history. And you walk into that building and you see the pictures on the walls of all the people that have been in that building and come through those doors. And still people that, that come through the doors every now and then now and still have a, a, a place in that company. And you know, on a weekly basis, I will literally have Al Snow sitting behind me and Doug Basham standing to my left. And if you would have told, you know, 20-year-old Aaron that he's going to be helping produce a a wrestling show with Al Snow and Doug Basham, I would have thought you were crazy. And so it's it's insane to me. You know, I've, I've been in the business, you know, four years. I started training roughly four years ago, and then 
my first match was January of, of my first match that I ref was January of 2019. So my four years of my wrestling day of my refing debut is coming up in January. But yeah, it's it, it's crazy. I've had so many just experiences in the short four years that I've been in the business, and you just I just kind of have to pinch myself and be like, is this is this really real? Like, is is this really happening? And yeah, it's it's crazy because, like you said, there's so much history. You can literally point at most of the major talent in professional wrestling that people see on weekly television, and there's a lot of them that have gone through OVW, a lot of them. And it's it's just crazy. OVW has had a big say in how a lot of talent has been developed business. That is very, very true. One of the things that a lot of people that get into the business will remember for the entirety of their career is that first moment when they get approached and some fan asks for their autograph or to take a picture and they want just a little bit of time with whoever it is from the show. Do you have that? moment in your head the first time someone came up and wanted a signature or wanted to take a picture with you? Yeah, actually, it happened um, literally out of nowhere. Um, it was at a Waffle House, of all places. I um, And it was, it was early on in my, in my tenure and in, in my refing, and I walked into a Waffle House, and one of the things I, that I did early on, um, I don't do it as much now, but one of the things that I would always do after a two count was I would hold my fingers up and yell, two! And as I walk into the Waffle House, all of a sudden I hear somebody yell out, two! And I look, and it's one of the fans that had come that had, as a regular at some of the shows and they're like, oh, my God, my, my son's going to freak out that you're in here. I'm like, wait, what? I'm like, wait, me? I'm just, I'm just, it's just me. And she's like, can I take a picture? And I was like, absolutely. And it, it was it was just mind-blowing to me because I'm like, this is, and I've had a couple instances where people have done things like that and people will bring signs to the show that, in support of me, or when I when I refed my uh, when I refed my 1,000th match this year, uh, somebody brought a sign to the show and in support of uh, acknowledging my 1,000th match. So stuff like that is still crazy to me because I'm I always have been, I always will be, and I still am a fan of wrestling. I still watch wrestling on a regular basis, weekly basis. So to be able to just say that. Somehow, some way, I'm involved in the business, and now, have and the, to have had people have those kind of experiences with me is is pretty cool. Now, as someone that has gotten around a good bit in your four years, I'm sure you have learned by trial and error, or maybe taking advice of people that have been in longer than you, some traveling tips for the very young wrestler that is just getting on the way. What 
are some of the travel tips you would have if someone was thinking of getting into the business where they have just broken into the business and they're getting ready to start traveling? Um, for me, it would be plan, 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 you know, but budgeting and planning, um, you know, try, try to find ways to where you're going to break even, at least break even on the trip. And maybe, maybe you will, maybe you won't. Um, but if you're not going to break even money wise, make sure you're gaining some sort of experience from that trip that is going to be beneficial to you in the long run. Because when you're first starting out, you're probably not going to be getting paid. You know, no, nobody gets rich on independent wrestling. You know, most people that do independent wrestling, we do it because we love it. We love we love the the business. We love being a part of it. We're not we're not doing it to get rich, basically. So my my tips are you got to love the business to be able to want to do it. You got you know it's there's a lot of car rides. Try to carpool if you can with people. Split cost of gas. Um, if you have a way of taking like a a small cooler or something that you can keep some some drinks or some food cold that works and just try to minimize your expenses as best you can i've been uh you know i've i've been very fortunate that i've had a, a lot of oper- good opportunities come up i've had a lot of good people help me out and get better and help me get um early on i was able to find some shows where i was able to work weekly and really get my reps in. And that's the biggest thing is just get your reps in to get better so that you can eventually get to a place where you can where you can ask for more money and you can get to that point where you can break even, where you can get to that point where you're making money on the trip and you're not losing money in gas and expenses on food and things of that nature. Because that can be very frustrating. That can be very disheartening to people. But a lot of people have done it. A lot of people will continue to do it. Um, and what I what I will also say is also have a backup plan. And, you know, I've, I've heard people talk about wrestlers in general have always will have a backup plan. Have a have a regular nine to five job or or somewhere that you can substantiate your wrestling business side until the wrestling business side can sustain itself until you're able to get to a point where you can afford to, where you have a name, where you can afford, where you can make money on merch and things of that nature, or people will buy your merch and things of that. So make sure you have that nine to five or that regular weekly job, whatever it may be to pay the bills while you're still pursuing your dream. You you got to have that balance and sometimes it's hard. It's not easy. It wasn't easy. It's still to this day not easy for me. It's not easy for anybody. Um, but we all do it because we love it. One of the more important things in wrestling that is often overlooked pretty much universally by people outside of the business, but within the business it's even overlooked, to a criminal degree, I think, is the ring maintenance. That's maintaining the ring for 
safety purposes, cosmetic purposes. Uh, it includes making sure the wood is still good and not broken, the frames are not bent, keeping the canvas clean and disinfected, making sure the posts are painted so they don't look rusted or chipping off. There's a lot to ring maintenance. How involved are you personally when it comes to maintaining rings? So I try to to help uh, when I can with, with, with the ring maintenance and things of that nature. Um, a lot of that does uh, fall on like the promoters and things like that. Like a lot, a lot of promoters that I have come into contact with are very hands-on with their rings. Um, they're they're very very meticulous about main, helping maintain it, making sure that the guys pack things a certain way in and out of the ring truck. Uh, make sure that things are taken care of properly. So and I and I think a lot of the better promoters that you will find, a lot of the best promoters are very hands on with the ring. And because that that is literally our canvas. That is literally how the reps, the workers, everybody on the show, that's how we're creating our art. So if you're out there working in a ring like you said it's got chips on the ring post, the ropes are torn up the canvas has got holes in it or, or cuts or whatever, then your product looks second rate. Same with, like, the production side of things. If you don't have a decent decent sound equipment or a decent or even just something simple as, a, as an entrance curtain that looks halfway decent, that isn't frayed or isn't, you know, beaten all the heck. Things like that all add to the show, add to the visual aspect of the show. Because the thing is, when you go to a WWE show, you know you're at a WWE show. The production, the look of the ring, the look of the lights, everything from top to bottom looks top notch. So... Now, I get from an independent side, you're not going to have that kind of money to do the WWE-style production, but you can still do things to make your product look professional. You can have good ring aprons with your company logo on it. You can have turnbuckle pads. You can have all these different things. And there are very quite a few companies that I've worked for who do have those things, and, and it really helps to the production side of things to make your company look better and look like a top tier company. I agree with you there wholeheartedly. Now, obviously what you do with OVW is tied in at least in a big part to television and more mm-hmm. so than ever professional wrestling even on the independent circuit is finding televised homes whether it is through one of the many streaming services or a YouTube channel or broadcast television cable television there's a lot out there from what you see 
how much do you think most wrestlers are understanding wrestling for television versus wrestling for just a live show audience? That is probably one of my biggest pet peeves about independent wrestling in general. Um, because there there is a huge difference between wrestling in an independent wrestling show and wrestling for television. 100% a huge difference. And because your instincts as a performer is to cater to the live crowd. When you are wrestling for television, a good portion of your crowd is not in the building. You have to realize where your cameras are at all times. And I see it weekly at OVW. I see it when I watch any of the streaming services, whether it be somebody has got their back to hard cam, somebody's walking in front of hard cam, a shot is missed from a key moment of the match, whatever it is, there are missed opportunities by both wrestlers, camera crew, referees, like everybody misses up. And I'm, I'm guilty of this as well. No, nobody's perfect. So it's a constant learning experience. But there's the old saying, dress for the job that you want, not for the job that you have. Wrestle for the job that you want, not for the job that you have. If you want to wrestle for television, if you want to wrestle for WWE, Impact, AEW, Ring of Honor, whatever it may, even OVW, if you want to wrestle for a television product, even if you're at a local indie show, if they've got a camera, play like there is a national television audience on the end of that camera. Get as many reps as you can working a camera. Facial expressions, the in-betweens. You want to make sure that everything that you do in that ring that needs to be noticed caught on camera. You are in more than any other business in this world. Individuals are in charge of their own success in professional wrestling. You can dictate how your character is handled weekly on a television product. You can go to a production guy and be like, hey, I need this shot. Or you go to, if you have an agent for the match, whoever's agent in your match, be like, hey, I want to do this. Here's Here's what we need to start up. So I think more than anything, people, they get very complacent with just working the indie style as opposed to working a television style because it is a whole different world. Speaking of getting the shots on TV, obviously one of the more important shots of every single match is going to be the finisher. Some wrestlers' Mm -hmm. finishers are really camera-friendly and look fantastic on television, some of them less so, but the crowd reacts to them regardless. What would you say are some of the best finishers out there that you've seen? Um, so 
I'm gonna try to I'm gonna try to steer clear of, of like you know the WWE type stuff because those are the easy ones, right? But um, I, I I would think so. Tony Gunn in OVW has a uh, has a very nice uh, a finisher that they call the kill shot, which is kind of like a discus clothesline. That's that's a good television type finisher. Um, another guy in OVW by the name of Jack Vaughn has a heck of a lariat clothesline that would make Stan Hansen proud. Um, I think I think submissions uh, when done correctly. It can really be a good TV shot because you can get the shot of – the sharpshooter for me has always been one of those TV-friendly finishers as well as the camel clutch because you can get the facial shots of both the person applying the hold and the person taking the hold on the receiving end of it. So those are great. The sleeper hold has always been a good one. I think – when people come up with finishers, they need to really think of two things. You really need to, first off, it needs to be something you can do to anyone. If you're five, if you're five, five, 180 pounds, you're not going to be choke slamming anybody. If you're, if you're going to be wrestling somebody who's 300 pounds, you're not going to choke slam them. So you need to come up with a finisher that you can use on anybody. And two, you need to come up with something that is going to look good on television that's going to get a reaction from the crowd. And there's a lot of finishers out there um, that people use that gets good reactions from the crowd, whether it be cheering or booing them. Um, Don't Die Miles uh, from New Wave Pro has a very, very nice uh, shooting star press. Um, which I'm, which I'm a fan of. Uh, Gary J has a great uh, discus form that he uses. Uh, Aaron Williams has a has a pile driver that's really good. So any of that stuff, I you just I, I think people tend to overthink it sometimes. You just people try to turn wrestling into rocket science sometimes, and and it really isn't. It's it's about playing to that crowd, getting that crowd reaction, and making things look good on television. Absolutely, I agree with that. One of the other more forgotten aspects of our business that you don't see as much of today is the role of manager. I know that there's still a few out there, especially on the independent circuit, but what do you think of the role of manager as it relates to today's wrestling product? The role of manager today, I think, has evolved. And I think really the manager type is more of what I would say Paul Heyman is doing with Roman Reigns in WWE. It's it's more of an occasional mouthpiece, but someone who's kind of seen on camera as the brains behind the brawn. And I think it's really gone the way 
one of my man, one of my favorite managers of all time is Bobby the Brain Heenan. I, uh, Heenan is fantastic, and I I love all of Bobby Heenan's work. He was very hands on in matches. He was very physical, very animated, and for better or worse, I think that kind of role has gone away. Like you'll still see it on the independent scene. You'll still see it at indie wrestling shows from time to time. You know, there's there's still a few out there, but it it's becoming more and more scarce to see that old school like Bobby Heenan type of manager. Now it's a lot more of the of the Paul Heyman advocate type role rather than the physical type that Bobby Heenan was. Makes sense. Well, at this point, my co-host, the coach with the most coming at us from coast to coast, he doesn't mean to brag, but he has to boast because his favorite cartoon character of all time is Space Ghost. Coach Mike Jones is with us. I'm sure Coach has questions for you, so I will pass things over to him. Hey, brother. Thanks for coming on. How you doing? I'm doing good. Thanks Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's an honor. So, yeah, I just got back from like a two-week uh, round-the-world tour for the Rural School Army Worldwide brand. I'm finally home. Had to miss a bunch of shows, but, yeah, we're back in the saddle, and so it's we got some uh, standard questions we'd like to ask you. And sign guy, are you? Uh, did he answer any of my standard questions so I don't have to go to him twice? Um, I believe we know what school he would say, and I think you're good with the rest. Okay. Well, what I'm sure sign guy would love to know what your favorite coffee to drink is. Um, none. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't drink coffee. I, I am not a coffee drinker at all. I like, I like the smell of coffee. Um, I do not like the taste of coffee. Okay. And then, uh, we get that question or answer more often than not. I would say about 60% of the people do drink coffee. So not all of them do. What do you think, Simon? What percentage do you think? I'd say it's it's probably a 50-50 split. I was going to say 50-50, but then I was like, no, it's more. Anyway, whatever. On to the next. All right. So who were some of your heroes growing up, whether it was wrestling, sports, music, or ordinary life, or all of the above? Um. So sports-wise, it was – I was a big Reggie Miller fan. Um, I grew up. I grew up in Indianapolis, Indiana, so I am a huge Reggie Miller fan, and um, he was he was one of my one of my heroes growing up. I also uh, I mentioned earlier I was a big Bobby Heenan fan growing up, uh, big Shawn Michaels fan, and trying to think. Uh, who uh, Rob, uh, actor-wise, Robin Williams was a huge fan of Robin Williams. Still think he's one. Him and uh, George Carlin 
is still my favorite stand-up comedian of all time. I love George Carlin. I'll still watch his stand-up specials from time to time. So those those kind of that's kind of my my group, so to speak. Awesome. Okay. Yeah, I love those guys. Okay. And then, uh, what were some of the most memorable matches you've seen or been involved in? Oh, let's see. Um. So seeing, um, probably one of my two of my best live experiences as a fan. Um, I was in Chicago for Money in the Bank 2011 with John Cena versus CM Punk, um, which was a spectacular match. And then I also was at WrestleMania 30 where The Undertaker got his streak ended and also where Daniel Bryan won the world title. And that was that was just a a hurricane of emotions through that whole show. Wow. Yeah, geez. Okay, cool. So those those two shows definitely stick out to me as a fan. Um, as far as matches that I've been involved in, um, I've actually wrestled as a competitor twice. Hopefully I will never do that again. I never wanted to do it to begin with, uh, but it's one of those things that happened. So I got to do that. So that is, that will always stick with me. Um, I, the match was horrible, but I got through it. I didn't. Nobody got hurt. And then I have done a lot of had a lot of fun uh, matches with my home promotion, the Northern Wrestling Federation in Cincinnati, Ohio. And I, I've been very fortunate to do a lot of stuff with them, to be a part of moments for guys that are coming up and be a part of special moments. And three of my closest friends in the business, actually I was able to ref each one of their matches for that promotion where they won the world title for that promotion. So that was, that was super cool. And who were they? Um, so they are uh, Adam Swayze. They're uh, Gimmick names are uh, Hollywood Adam Swayze, and then uh, there's another guy, a big guy by the name of Rex, and then there's another guy who has been on OBW a few times. Actually, all three of these guys have, but uh, Star Rider. And all three okay. of those guys, I've, bec- I've become very close with all three of them, three of my best friends in the business, and they've all now been world champions at the Northern Wrestling Federation, and I was able to hand the world title belt to each one of them when they want it. So that that is super cool. Right on. And have you got to work with uh, Cody Hawk or the five most wanted? Um, I haven't gotten to work with Cody, unfortunately. Um, I would love to. I would love to get, uh, you know, up, up there and work with Cody and uh, – the the most wanted crew. I haven't been able to work with them. Um, I've, I've worked with a lot. I worked with a lot of people. <laughs> uh, there's just, but there's plenty. There's plenty more that I would love to work with. That I would that I just would love to to share a ring with and get to be okay. a part of their matches. And then, did you play sports in high school or growing up? Uh, I did. So growing up, I did little league um, as a kid. 
once I got to high school, I really uh, realized I am not athletic, and <laughs> I ended up I ended up I ended up working uh, for the school newspaper covering sports. Um, but okay, I, but yeah. once I got to once I got to high school, yeah, the whole me playing sports thing just uh, that one went by the wayside. Okay, and then uh, what's your self defense background? Uh. Running and screaming does that count as self defense? That that counts as self defense, right? Running, running and screaming. It that, does. That that's. Um, yeah, I uh, I always joke with people when it comes to self defense. I was like, I if we're getting chased by a bear, I don't have to outrun the bear. I just got to outrun you. So <laughs> yeah, as long yeah. as I can, as long as I can outrun you, I'm good. Yes. Okay. Cool. All right, and then. Let me see here. Who are some of your favorite people to work with? Oh, man, there's so many. Uh, Gary J is a personal favorite of mine. Um, I've become really close with Gary. I love Gary to death. Uh, I wish he he was a millionaire because he deserves it. Him and uh, as well as Aaron Williams, both those guys are criminally underrated and deserve to be everywhere and the the fact that neither one of them is signed is crazy to me because they are so gifted so talented and another guy who i love working with i don't get to work with him as much anymore um used to work with him almost weekly and that's jake christ jake is so good so smooth in the ring and I every every time I work with him, I learn something new. I he's such a student of the game. All three of those guys are, and it's it's great to work with guys who understand the role of the referee and understand how to make the referee as valuable as he possibly can be in any given match. You know, it, it's a very fine art to be to be able to use the referee to help tell the story of your match, and those are three of the best at doing that. And I love working with all three of those guys. Nice. Okay, then what do you got coming up? Uh, let's see. I have next weekend. I will be in St. Louis for St. Louis Anarchy which is always a good time. I love St. Louis Anarchy. Um, one of my favorite promotions to work for. And then uh, next Sunday, I will be in Terre Haute, Indiana, for New Wave Pro, which is another promotion that I have a very uh, amount, big amount of love and respect for. I also do some behind-the-scenes work for them, help with some of the creative storylines and things like that, help pitch ideas. It's very much a group effort. Um, I'm the senior referee there, so that's a lot of fun. So I will be there uh, a week from Sunday. And uh, I'll just keep traveling and traveling and traveling until people tell me they don't want me no more. Um, I'm also very excited. Later in October, I get to make my debut uh, October 22nd, I will be in Alabama for New South. Super excited about that. I've been wanting to get to New South for a very long time. I love that product. 
The timing hadn't really worked out until now, but I'll get to be there finally October 22nd, and I'm very excited. Right on. And how do people get a hold of you? So I have uh, my Facebook page, which is Aaron Grider on Facebook. I am also uh, Grider Groove on Twitter and Grider Groove on Instagram. Uh, I'm not as Instagram savvy uh, as most, but I do. I'll check it. Um, I'm just not as Instagram savvy. But Twitter and Facebook um, will be the best ways to get a hold of me. Send me a message. Send me a comment, post, things of that nature. Um, I check that stuff almost daily. What suggestions do you have for people wanting to get into the business? Um, do your research. You know, um, do your research. Find out of a school near you. Talk to people that you know that may already be in the business. If you know somebody already in the business, talk to them and be like, hey, what do you recommend? Um, and I, I will recommend 10 times out of 10, if you are in the Louisville area, OVW is the place to go. If you are in the Cincinnati area, Bone Crushers with Roger Ruffin, those two, the, either one of those two places are the places that I would go. Um, Bone Crushers, like I said, is where, is I, where I trained in Cincinnati, Ohio. So do your research. Have a backup plan. Have a fallback plan. You know, have have a job during the week that can pay your bills so that you can afford to go on the road during the weekend and do wrestling shows because as many will tell you that are in the business, you don't get rich on independent wrestling. So For you're sure. not going to get rich on independent wrestling so make sure that you are making your money, paying your bills, and able to go on the road on the weekends. Amen. Okay. Hey, I want to wish you all the luck in the world. We really appreciate you coming on. Thanks a lot, man. Thanks a lot. I appreciate you. Thanks for having me. Sign's got more time. I'm sure he's got more questions. All right. Fire away. Absolutely. Thank you, Coach. Well, Aaron, we talked about the role of managers, but one of the other sometimes overlooked aspects in wrestling is the tag team aspect. It seems like tag team wrestling is an up-and-down thing where sometimes you see a lot of focus on tag teams. Other times it's very much just a side part of pro wrestling. Who are some of the full-time tag teams out there that you think should be carrying a load as far as the tag team division of our sport. Oh, man. Um, so tag team wrestling is uh, is definitely, as you have said, very up and down. Um, to me, the best tag team in the world currently is the Usos. Um, I don't think anybody is close to them right now. I really don't. Um, I love FTR tag teams like that because FTR has a very old school vibe to me. Growing up, I was a big fan of the Midnight Express. Um, That whole package was great for me. Um, As far as on the indies, um, there are not a lot of full-time tag teams on the indies because a lot of times what you'll have is you'll get to a show 
and they'll have some guys left over. Be like, oh, we're just going to team all you guys together. We're going to just do a tag match. And it's kind of a throwaway thing. So there's not a lot of full-time tag teams. Um, there is uh, Gary J and Aaron Williams. Typically, will, they'll team a lot of times. They're unsigned and don't care. Also, Aaron Williams has another tag team partner by the name of Lord Crew, who I absolutely love Lord Crew to death. Great guy. Um, they are Cincinnati's most wanted. Um, I'm, I'm trying to think because there's not a lot of just – because all the other t- teams that I can think of are very much, you know, on the, like AEW, WWE, Impact, things of that nature. And, and wor- working a tag team match I think has really become a lost art. And it's really – because it, it's really become difficult, I think, for people to know how to work a tag team match without burying the referee. I've seen that a lot lately, where there will be tag team matches, and the referee has just lost all kinds of control, and it just looks like an absolute train wreck where the ref has no idea what's going on, and it just it, it really kills the credibility of that match. So I, I think tag team wrestling become a lost start. I hope that there are some tag teams that can get it back on track. Um, there are some up and coming, you know, tag teams that I think might have a chance to do that. You know, teams on the indies like uh, the Awesome Odyssey or uh, Original Sins here in the Midwest. Teams like that I think might have a chance. Um, Infrared, Tyler Matrix, and Logan James. You know, I, I I think teams like that might have a chance to to hopefully bring back tag team wrestling to what it should be as more as more than an afterthought because it deserves to be more than just an afterthought. I agree with you there. Uh, you talk about referees to get buried in tag team matches. It can happen in any match, but I know. Even on the national level, without naming names, there's one person on TV that almost every week would get buried in tag team matches. They would ignore his count, and he would just silently go to the corner and stop what he was doing a lot. So it's a big problem people have. Do you find when you do referee work that a lot of people when they're mapping out matches don't necessarily understand that what they're doing is hurting the match that they're trying to have or bearing a person involved in the match? Or do you think it's a situation where they just don't mind if people get buried, they don't mind if the match doesn't make sense, they just want to do what they want to do? And very much so. Very much so. I, I think absolutely there is that mindset of a lot of guys um, that just want to get their stuff in. So they just want to do the cool moves. They want to get the gif on Twitter of the cool move being done, and that's all they want. They don't care about the psychology. And that's a thing where a lot of people – we talked about TV wrestling earlier – that's the thing that you need for TV wrestling. When you do TV wrestling, it has to make sense. 
because you know it's got to look appealing to the audience because especially with places like OVW, it is weekly episodic television. If you come out every week and you do all the flips and all the cool moves every week, nonstop, and you have a 25-minute balls-to-the-wall, let's do 10 falsies, all the, all the high-flying moves we can, what's going to make me want to tune in next week? You know, people don't – there's very much – people don't plan ahead. They don't think ahead. They don't think of the bigger picture. And you have to you have to think of the bigger picture. You have to think of not just what this is going to mean on this week's show, but what's it going to mean on next week's show. Where are we going from here? And I think a lot of people don't understand – they either don't understand or they don't care about the importance of the referee. The referee is there to tell your story. We are that third person in the ring. We are there to help you get over your story, whatever story you're trying to tell. If, you, if we need this to sell like an injury of a baby face, we can do that. We can check on them constantly. Hey, do you want to continue? Do you want, are you ready to go? Things of that nature and tell that story. And there are, there are many guys on the Indies who, and girls who can tell that story, who can use the referee to their advantage. And then there are others who, are still, who still struggle with that aspect of it. And, you, and that's one thing I think people need to realize is you can't go do everything in every match. Every match can't be WrestleMania. It can build it can build the WrestleMania. You can build to that big match and where you do everything. But not every match has to have every move in it. I think my own personal favorite is when they say blah 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 hot tag and then I say, How do you know the tag will be hot? What if they don't buy it? And then they instantly don't understand what that means. Yeah, and that's another thing um, that I see in locker rooms a lot is everyone wants to call every single move of the match. The guys that I mentioned earlier, uh, Gary J., Aaron Williams, Jake Chris, <laughs> even more cool, guys like that, they, uh, they know how to walk and talk. Basically, they know how to call the match in the ring. They know how to feed off of the crowd. And you can't just go out there. You can't just be in the locker room and just call every aspect of the match and just assume that the crowd's going to react to everything that you call. So there's, you got to be able to adapt. And I think that's one thing that miss, that's missing from a lot of people in wrestling is the ability to adapt on the fly. If things don't go exactly how you want them to go, can you adapt? Can you still get the crowd into the match? Exactly. Well, we're down to the last few minutes of the show today, and I want to make sure you have ample time. If there's anything you would like to say to the listeners, plug and promote anything and everything you have, upcoming appearances, merchandise, your 
favorite bookstore, anything in the world, floor is yours. Well, thank you. Thanks once again uh, for having me. Um, you can catch me uh, kind of around the horn, so to speak. Um, I'll be in St. Louis, Missouri, uh, October 1st for uh, – actually, not October 1st. That's tomorrow. Um, October <laughs> – Next Friday, I'll get it right sooner or later, October the 7th, I will be in St. Louis, Missouri for St. Louis Anarchy. Uh, I will be October 9th, I will be in Terre Haute, Indiana for New Wave Pro. Both uh, St. Louis Anarchy and New Wave Pro have YouTube channels that you can check out. I highly suggest that you do. Both promotions post lots and lots of free content. Um, I also highly encourage you to watch Ohio Valley Wrestling every Thursday from 7 to 9 on Fight TV. It's also probably available locally on, on in your neck of the woods. You can go online and find uh, what time it might air on your local channel. But it does air every Thursday night for free on Fight TV from 7 to 9 p.m. You can follow me on Twitter, at Grider Groove. Follow me on Facebook, Aaron Grider. I also have a uh, a Teespring store. I believe it's called Spring now, but it is uh, Aaron the Ref. Um, I have that link, I believe, still pinned to my Twitter profile. You can get that as well. Go buy some buy some uh, some T-shirts. And if you're at a show and you see me at a show and you and you listen to this uh, and you're like, hey, I listen to you on. On the show, come come up and say hi, take a picture, shake hands, and I'll, I'll be glad to talk wrestling with you anytime. So, uh, once again, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Um, thanks to all the promotions who continue to use me, continue to book me. Um, again, I mentioned earlier, I look forward to being uh, at New South in Alabama, October 22nd. So, if you're in the Alabama area, come say hi. I'm really looking forward to that. If you're going to be in St. Louis or Terre Haute, I really look forward to that as well. If you make it to, to Louisville, Kentucky for OBW, we've got our weekly television show on Thursdays. Our next big show is October the 29th. That will be our Saturday night special. That will also be on Fight TV, so be sure to check that out as well. All right. Well, Aaron, it's been a pleasure having you here today. Hopefully our paths will cross at some point, sometime. Best of luck as you continue on your journey in professional wrestling, both in front of and behind the cameras. And give our best to Amazing Maria the next time you see her. Oh, I I actually just saw her today um, because I um, was down in Gatlinburg, and while I was in Gatlinburg, I picked up some wine for her that she likes at one of the – this one of wineries down in Gatlinburg. So I actually just saw Maria today. I love Maria. Maria is great. I concur with you there, absolutely. She also loves French style macaroons. Emphasis on French style. Yeah. Yes, yes, she does. She is a big fan of oh my god, she was she's a big fan of the macaroons. She absolutely loves them. French style. Has to be French yes, style. Yes. yes. Yes, yes. You have to be. She's very picky. She's very picky. It has to be the French style. But yes, yes, she does. Yes, yeah, some of us found out the hard way. Very specifically, French style macaroons. <laughs> yes, 
Yeah, yeah. Hey, some some lessons have to be learned the hard way. What can I say? That is true. All right, well, you take care. Thank you very much for being with us today. I know you just got back from the road, so we definitely appreciate you taking time to be with us. Thank you so much for having me, guys. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. All right, fans, definitely get out there, support some shows if Aaron is on those, be it as an official, be it as a producer. If you've not heard of OVW, you've been under a rock for the last couple of decades. Everybody that follows wrestling knows OVW is where a lot of the great talent comes from. But as we wind this down, Coach, I'm sure you have a few things to plug, promote. Yeah, you can check me out at Coach Mike Jones, the coach with the most. Also, Coach Mike Jones on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter. Don't forget to check out the Real School Army and the NGW Green Room for hundreds of interviews. Especially, we got dozens of interviews from the Cauliflower Alley's 56th annual convention just the other day. <clears throat> nice, we got Bob Orton Jr., Sabu. Santana Jackson, and many others, and we continue to upload more daily. Can't give it all to you in one day, so, and we really enjoyed the time we had. Kevin Sullivan got inducted in the Hall of Fame. What an honor it was to sit with him on night one of the awards ceremony. And then uh, also check out the Seattle Mariners Organizational Report and Cincinnati Reds Organizational Report. And the Coach Mike Jones Show podcast every Saturday at noon Pacific time. Tomorrow I'll be doing it at 11 Pacific time, special time. I'll be on location at the ABC Days, PWF, World Underground Wrestling, NGW, CPW, and many other leagues will be down there. Even a special appearance from Darth Carter out here. I'm going to eat that idiot's breakfast and then spit it right in his face, and I'm going to rip his eye out and throw it out to the crowd. I hate that guy. I know you do. And also I really do. Is he going to be the guest on your show? Because I'll crash his show, and I'll be pounding yeah, him into the whistle if need be. I'm not sure. Uh, I think I'm just going to have it open lines for people from the show. We'll see how it goes. And then right. also... also Go ahead. I was going to say, are you going to do it live from ringside while you're managing a match? I sure could. And also, I'm That'd be interesting. Come on, ref. Break by. So this is the Coach Mike Jones show. Oh, come on, ref. So anyway, our guest today, I could see that happening. <laughs> Sponsors A-plus handyman. A-plus payless handyman services and general contracting for all your needs. No job too big or small. And then also you can check out Sign Guy with the Sign of the Times and Chicken Bob. And goodness, we've got so many things. It's it's unbelievable. Absolutely. Chicken Bob, I believe, will be managing me tomorrow against Darth Carta. Oh, nice. Can't wait to see that. Yeah, especially if Darth Carta gets near the ropes, Chicken Bob accidentally trips him, oh, it'd be lights out for Darth Carter then. And then I also want to say thanks to uh, Sub Pop Music for sponsoring my trip to the Cauliflower Alley convention so I can help promote their brand. 
I got one of their stickers out front of Viva Vegas on the Fremont Experience there, and also one in the Nerd Bar in the men's bathroom. So Sub Pop is officially in Vegas. So looking forward to working with them a lot more. And we're in the talks of having them do the soundtrack to a dozen movie contract I'm working on. All right. Well, we look forward to more of that. Fans, don't forget, tomorrow in Spanaway, Washington, that's where you can find the multi-promotional show where I end the career of Darth Carter. Hopefully, Coach Mike will be doing the Coach Mike Jones show live in the middle of a match, we think. Lots of wrestling happening. Going to be people from all over the Northwest there. Lots and lots and lots of different activities, and it's all free. So you can't be that. So make sure you join us there. Wherever you have pro wrestling near you, go check it out. Support what they are doing. We will be back with you. We kick off Super Fan Month on Sunday. Sunday's guest is the returning Dan Wills, former gouge wrestling Frank Man Space Hickey champion. Nemesis of Seymour Schnott. You've seen him on the NWA He's been around for a long, long time, long time super fan of professional wrestling. But he will be back with us as we launch Super Fan Month. He may have even sat next to Coach at the CAC. We don't know that for sure. But that's what's going on. And then next Friday, Sherry Roy will be joining us. Great female competitor out of the southeastern part of the country. She will be here. So everybody stay safe out there. And we will talk to you very soon. That's right, everybody. You know who it is. Coach Mike Jones, I'm the coach with the most. Coming at you hard from coast to coast. I don't want to boast, but now I got to roast you in my social media posts. You double dose, a diagnose. You're feeling tired, life inspired, now you're a ghost. I'll be your host, so won't you raise a toast to the coach with the most, Coach Mike Jones.